you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The NFL game is not played in Studio 66. David, football, football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave. Hi and hello, football fans. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Yes, we like to talk about the game of football, and maybe today we're better off just sticking to the game of football because the game of life is officially ugly for a number of reasons. You know what they are. Studio 66, we're going to chop it up football specifically, and of course I assume that we will invariably veer into some other issues along the way. First of all, let's say hello to my main man seated to my immediate left all the way from London, England. You know what? I like where your head's at on this, handsome. You have requested in advance, in deference to Sir Roger Moore, that we don't play your theme music, correct? How that, are you? That's correct. I'm okay, thank you, Dave. Yeah, I'm very sad about Sir Roger Moore, one of my, well, you know, my the James Bond I grew up with. Um, and also very sad, just unspeakably sad about what happened in Manchester. And I know we've got listeners there. And so hopefully we can provide a little bright moment for them amidst everything that's happening. Yeah, for, you know, we really do have a, a great following over there in the UK. So uh, thoughts uh, sent over there. I mean, what, what's to be said? I, you know, uh, little girls. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's, little, it's awful. Just so you know, what else is to, to be said? There are a lot of people smarter than I weighing in on the subject so uh, so let's move on and talk to uh to another of our favorites here back in studio 66 after what a couple of weeks away yeah and you didn't invite me last week so oh it's been two weeks now i have egg on my <laughs> face that's no you don't throw it in the in the host's face like that that's not that's not a way to start things off let's start fresh shall we okay not living life in the rear view mirror but instead got it looking ahead together, together. here she is everybody it's cynthia freeland Daughter here to steal the show Back in the day she had a mullet with a funky flow Running marathons for her fitness goals On the DDFP 
think she got the stat control Cause when it comes to the numbers she's a gunslinger She do the math in her head she don't count fingers No one to question them numbers surely waste to you She's from Michigan yo it's Cynthia Hello, Cynthia, and welcome back, and uh, let's roll, shall we? We have NFL rules changes to discuss. We also, the uh, the Czech Republic has been active on social media. We, the, I was uh, I was asked a fascinating numbers-based question, uniform numbers-based question. We'll dig in on that one. Cynthia is going to synthesize something for us. It's uh, the quarterback of her favorite uh, pro football team. We're going to kibitz about that. But in the meantime, la- oh, and we also have to go half empty, half full here as we transition from spring into summer. The OTAs are here. We're going to talk about a couple of AFC North teams and try and determine if, as we sit in the here and now, if their glasses are half empty or half full, two very interesting football teams right now. Meantime, like I mentioned at the top, Roger Goodell started things off on Tuesday by announcing to the world that he's getting rid of this nonsense about celebration penalties. Now, there's still certain restrictions. You're not allowed to do sexual acts. You're not allowed to do violent acts, mimic violence, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure what the other thing is. Weaponry, are, I think. Weaponry. Weaponry. Well, that's violence, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. But you're allowed to have group celebrations. You could do everything. kung fu, maybe. Well, right. If you choreographed a kung fu type celebration, you'd you be able to do that. That would be violent, but it's not weaponry, which is why I wanted to ah. really make sure that you were aware that it, like, kung fu is okay. What about if you had uh, invisible nunchucks? Yeah, you can do that. You can do that. Well, but that's weaponry. Because I think you could say, look at me. I've got num- I, I, Do I have nunchucks or am I just doing a little if dance? If you don't, is- I, 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 will, I will throw this out. Right. And and correct me if I'm wrong. Well, if you I think throw if you, something, that would be a weapon. Ah, fair. I think if you – but if if you were to mimic without actually having the weapon in your hand, <laughs> I think the silliest weapon to pretend you have but not actually have is nunchucks. You look silliest. Yeah. I'm doing it right now. Do I look silly? That's how you right. – nunch- yeah. Okay. Or um, this is yeah, how you look people might you think you're, you're a lasso. Is a lasso a weapon? <laughs> a lasso. A lasso! That's what your cowpokes use. Right. That's their weapon. Hey, um, get Goodell on the phone and find out about uh, mimicking weaponry. Lasso. Like, lasso. Lasso. Yes. Uh, How do you say it? Lasso. Lasso. No, you don't. That's ridiculous. No. Yes. Listen. Lasso. You don't get to make that determination. You lasso belongs to lasso. us. Lasso. Are we serious? Because I have no idea. Lasso. Yeah, it's Lasso. 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 Um, thank you very much. Lasso is now as officially in the top five <laughs> best five words for yeah. handsome to say. Joining confetti, strawberry, blueberries. Ooh, that reminds me. We need to get on ASAMP. Winter is coming this summer, and it's Ooh. time for our Game of Thrones Fantasy League to get going again. We really need to determine, really need to hammer down the uh, the details of what yep. that's going to include. Details. A lot of football-based celebrities want in on this one. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Kay Adams of Good Morning uh, Football. Rich hey. Eisen of right. uh, the Rich Eisen Show. Okay. You know, Maurice Jones-Drew. He says that there are a bunch of NFL guys who want in on it this time, too. Yeah. So we got to figure out what the rules are on that. But uh, let's talk totally about see I'm getting booted out of this. No, 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 handsome. How, don't, I'm uh, the winner, actually. I don't think I was last year's champion. That Again, I, I thought I made it clear we're not living life in the rear. No, no, we're not. But not I mean, it would be tough for you to kick me off. True. Okay, so let's get into these rules changes here. First of all, the one... That seems so. So the celebrations. I mean, my uh, the thing I'll say about 
that is, as I have pointed out a number of times here on this show, I wouldn't even be surprised if Emma VP behind the glass has a drop for one of uh, Sheck's most overused bits here uh, on this one. But it's not a bit. It's reality. What about the weird inconsistency that 31 teams cannot have choreographed celebrations, but the Green Bay Packers are allowed to jump into the stands for 15 years? It has a name. How much more choreographed could it be? It didn't come off the top of their head. It has a name. It's the Lambeau Leap. Why was that ever – I know, well, it wasn't on the field of play. Well, neither is making snow angels but on the back of the end zone, and yet I saw that get flagged plenty of times too. By the way, I love the Lambeau leap. It's not a matter of that. It just was inconsistent, as I say. Your thoughts, Ansem? Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've heard your bit before. It's uh, not a bit. I just told you. I, it's a, but it's an exuberant celebration. To me, it, it sort of was halfway in and halfway out because it was – that's what it she was said. it was a moment of excitement that um that also what she said it was a moment of excitement <laughs> that they I don't even know what that means. <laughs> that they that they you know were were like you know, they were jumping into the crowd because they felt the sheer exhilaration of scoring. You heard me tell AJ Hawk on more than one occasion. What I want you to do is take it to the next level. When you get in there, punctuate it, grab somebody's grab beer, beer, chug it. Right now, you'll get fined for doing it, but you'll be a hero, a legend. Well, also you have a beer commercial for the rest of your life. That's right. Yeah, I mean, David Tech's a genius. Thank you, AJ Hawk. <laughs> Cynthia, your thoughts on the uh, abolition? to some degree at least, of these celebration penalties. I've never understood why there were – I mean, I guess I understand, like, some that are, like, you know, violent or whatever, overreleased. I don't. I actually don't even know if I agree with that. But long- Is Brandon Cooks not allowed to do the arrow? That's a weapon, right? So he wouldn't be allowed know. to do that. Archer, uh, but, uh, no. but that's not a modern one. Maybe, like, archery is an Olympic sport, so it gets a pass. <laughs> like, I don't know. No one's, go- no one's going out with it. Well, I don't know. Maybe they are. Is going to – is Goodell going to have an under league come out and define, like, here's so. what I mean by I this. So. Yeah. Can I Can I put myself up for that job? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I like, or, and how nuanced can you get? Can you go bayonet? <laughs> bayonet. Guillotine. Allowed. No, bayonet. Guillotine. Yeah, because they're, they're still in use. <laughs> no one's using a longbow. <laughs> get the guillotine out. I want to see who can push it the furthest yeah. here. Uh, yes, Cynthia. I've never understood that. I kind of thought always that it should be like a time thing. Like you should be allowed to celebrate for like eight seconds. Hmm. And then after that, then it's just like, stop. Okay. We need to keep moving. But like, yeah, you should get a, like, like a time. Yeah, but, and I don't care what you do. And I think that, I know, I but think that's, that's an enemy of glee though. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. If you go over a minute, eight seconds is what okay. I, I don't, I don't know what, right. the, I don't know what the right amount of time is, but I always, I always thought that like the celebration should be like, all right, you can do whatever you want for X seconds, and, and then we move on. But I, I don't I really care what you do. Doesn't that fall under a sort of delay of game? I think that'll still be the case. You can't. You there's a, your your choreographed celebration can't last three. You can't do the river dance. You got you like there. There has to be a point where it's like okay, enough, done. We're out. I, I, mean, I, I, I like the Lambo Leap. I think every team should have their own version of the Lambo Leap. Like, I think you should be able to celebrate and have fun. And I I guess I like this is how is this even like a thing? I it is <laughs> it is loco to me that uh, that that the powers that be saw fit to enact this. I, as, as I've said before, anytime that you are conflating yourself with the conservatism of Major League Baseball, you're probably on the wrong side of history. You know, hey, that's not that's disrespectful to the game when you flip. Yeah, listen. Oh, the bat flip. Grow. I mean, not grow up. I don't know what the you know. Get off Mount Pius. That's I think. Uh, or like find something real to like actually put your time into instead of being like well, that's a celebration that's and, too violent. Right. And, and by the way, 
again, I'm not denouncing the Lambo leap in and of itself, nor am I saying that the coolest celebration, uh, you can make a pretty compelling case, is Barry Sanders or Larry Fitzgerald or any of those guys who merely turn and hand the ball off. But then that's what makes it cool is that other guys don't do that. You know, if everybody did it, then it's it's not as neat. But yeah. so if okay, so that is a cool celebration. But who would you expect this year? Now, given like they've got three, four months to work with a choreographer, come up with something special. Mm-hmm. Who do you think? You know, week one, week two of the season, who's the guy that's going to pull out the best celebration? Mm-hmm. If you had, if you had to to Mike put, put a sandwich on, <laughs> Mike Lennon. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> yeah, that's a wow. That's a powerful question that uh, that you throw out, Gary Barnage. Barnage. Has he found a team yet? He kind of pooped a football once on. He caught he it with his bum. He pooped. That remind, but then Doug Baldwin. That's the one I wanted to get to. Is Doug Baldwin? I still think is not allowed, even though I don't no. think it was expressly it addressed. Well, it said weaponry and violence. It didn't say anything about the scatological. It's, offensive. it's a, that's offensive. Well, that would be considered offensive. I'm not sure. I would kissing it. the ball be offensive? No. Because that's like sexual, maybe. That's first base, sis. That's totally first base. <laughs> Doug Baldwin, <laughs> I remember. If you, sometimes it's funny that there are people who you can bring up who are diehard football fans who don't even know what you're talking about. I brought it up a couple of weeks ago, the Doug Baldwin thing, what to me was a was a hilarious and, and what I thought was going to be a major social media event. Super Third quarter. Of Super Bowl 49, a spectacular game right in the midst of it. Doug Baldwin gets in the end zone. It happened to be directly in front of me, about uh, 40 feet in front of me. We were right in that, uh, near that end zone, yes. And he and he did that, and I said to David Feeney, seated next to me, uh, the, the head, of course, of the Feensters Union, um, I said to him, and Patriots fan, I, social media is going to explode right now. He just pooped a football at the Super Bowl. This is not going to go over. And and then I kept checking Twitter for the next several minutes, and like, there's there's barely any noise about this. And I realized they didn't show it live on the broadcast, broadcast and they cut away and then they never showed it again during the broadcast. So they avoided it. Um, but he did end up getting fined for that. Of course, the originator of that bit is Adam Carolla, who did it on the man show. He went to the Raiders training camp many moons ago um, for a for a bit on the man show and taught this to the Raiders. No one enacted it until Doug Baldwin did it, you know, many moons later. And I once uh I once saw um I tweeted earlier that I don't know if this is a humble brag or not, but I once watched Adam Carolla perform this at touchdown celebration for Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise's mother. What was Tom Cruise's Tom Cruise's mother. She was there as well. Mrs. Cruise. Yeah. Well, I don't know if she's Mrs. Cruz, but yeah. his real Mama name. Cruz. Is yeah. that not his real name? I don't think so. Really? Not born know. Cruz. <laughs> that's that's weird. C R U I S E. Not born that way. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, they were both Tom Maverick. Was, his, was this pre or post like the couch thing with Tom Cruise? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Post. So yeah. Yeah. He was. was it would have like, been post. Was he? Did he have a reaction, or was he just kind of like okay? I think he laughed uncomfortably, as did his Aren't mother. Aren't Scientologists not laughs. supposed to make any noise when they do? Like, you're not allowed to make noise when you give birth? I don't know, but I'll tell you this much. Cruz showed up, and I, here, all right, I'll, I'll real, the, to, to really humble brag it up, yeah, or maybe right. just brag it up. Brag right, it up. Just, just get fine. it all the way. Go all the way. You there was you. word in advance. We used to always watch the games over at, uh, over at Jimmy Kimmel's place for about 15 years. There was right. a, a core group uh-huh. of Sal and – Corolla and Kevin Hench and a, you know and it expanded uh, to you know 10 15 guys every every Sunday faithfully and then there was advanced word 
once that uh, Tom Cruise was on his way. Now, this is two years after I'd found myself talking to a pleasant fellow, a, a, you know, a, a rugged sort who always had on this tattered St. Louis blues ball cap. And I would talk to him every Sunday, and I found him to be a, a pleasant fellow, and we would talk about hockey and whatever. And uh, and one day Sal said to me, you know who that is, right? You know, you know, the, you know, John is, uh, you know, he's the star of the biggest show on television. You know, all women love him. And I said, I don't know the show. Mad Men. Yeah, it's a John Hamm. I'm like, I've never seen the show, so I don't know. And uh, and then after that season ended, but before the next season started, I would become a, uh, a Mad Men diehard. And right. then it was much more difficult to talk to John Hamm about normal matters. Cause he was, probably found the, sa- the same I was with swooning. He was, he was listening to the DDFP That's and right. suddenly was back and was like, whoa, this is Dave. He, uh, so, we, so I'm talking to Ham now. A couple of years later, he's the eye of every woman's affection. Mine he, included. He and I are talking, and through the doorway, I see uh, literally over John Ham's shoulder, I see a man walk in perfectly put together. You know, he's he's in all black, including a black pea coat, clean shaven. Everybody else, it's a Sunday with the ball caps on and the, you know, the beards and so on. In comes in this perfect, uh, this perfect creature. And all of a sudden, John Hamm's words uh, fuzzed into the distance as, as I locked eyes with Tom Cruise. And just like he is in movies, I think that's his magnetism. He's like, you know, he's like, hi, I'm Dave. And, he, and, and, and he's like, hi, I'm Tom. And shook my hand really tight and locked eyes with me. And I felt like the only lady in the world, you know, and I, I kicked the hand to the curb. <laughs> but and then and then literally it couldn't have been six minutes later that Adam Carolla was pooping a football for him and his mom. <laughs> but why, why was he, why did he, because it doesn't sound like he'd really judge the scene completely correctly. If he turned up so well put together and everyone yeah. else is just watching football games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what That's... the, I don't, know, I don't know how, yeah, it was very strange. It was, yeah. very, it was, it was a surreal moment for. How long uh, did he stay? Did he, he, I bet you he left midway through the third quarter. It's like this is fine, but I, I don't. Th- I don't get the impression Cruz really cares. He hung out for. Al- he hung out for a listen, while. Listen, he was Jerry Maguire. He gets it. Then, then there was an ongoing rift between <laughs> Sal and uh, the Roastmaster General Jeffrey Ross that had been going on for about a year at that point. It was Dancing with the Stars related. Um, you remember Jeff Ross was on that show, right, exactly. And then uh, Sal called him because on ABC, you know, the Kimmel shows on ABC. So he uh, so we would get over there advanced word of who was moving on to the next round, you know, like who got eliminated so that you could react and write to it because the loser of that night would be on Kimmel an hour or two later. So with that knowledge and Jeff Ross, knowing that Sal had that information, Sal called Jeff Ross and told him, you're safe, man, you're safe. And uh, and his face on national TV when he gets eliminated. (laughs) Jeff Ross found humiliating and uh, and really carried a grudge against Sal for some time. So then, like a courtroom setting, it, but instead of Judge Wapner or Judge uh, Judy, it was uh, Judges Tom Cruise and uh, Tom Cruise's mom. This is Cruise. Yeah, and they and they both heard both sides of the account and had to resolve the issue. I think it worked out with just a simple handshake. That's okay. Cruise's way. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I think we got sidetracked there. I'm sorry about that. You can cut all that, Emma VP, if you want. You want to cut all to. that? She's not going to. People you don't think like that. that. Do- don't do that, Emma. Emma VP wasn't interested in that story. No jive. We keep it all in there. Is that right? Yeah. Choose who you would date most out of out of those most. out of those group. I just uh, John Ham. John Ham over Cruise. more than Cruise. A hundred fifty percent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I love. I'm that, kidding. Man. Of course, I know he's crazy. Okay. No, no, not just that. But John Ham is hot. Tom okay. Cruise is a little. 
How's Don? Uh, well, how's John Ham hotter than Dave? Look, they both got a beard. They're both hot. Right. I don't know why I heard laughter from Ryan Bartlett behind the glass. I don't know what what that laughter was related to. Was some is that Emma VP cracking wise back? Is she saying funny jokes over there about something unrelated? Yes. Yeah, how handsome I am. Always. <laughs> Thank you. Next uh, next rules change is um, the we're still on rule changes. Yeah. Over. We're going to move on though. Overtime is now. Have you seen, by the way, Tom Cruise's Top Gun, Cynthia? I have. Have you? Yep. You oh, strike me as somebody who hasn't, who probably is different than your your existence up to eighteen was very different than mine. You didn't probably sit around watching Star Wars and <laughs> I Top Gun and let's everything. Not, else. Let's not limit it to eighteen. Wrong. Is that right? You sat around and watched uh, bad movies all the time. Uh, I- First of all, I take offense. Star Wars is not a bad movie. There's nothing. Oh, I love it. I stand corrected, and I couldn't be happier about it. And Top Gun and all those really? other. Like, Top I watch- Gun. Then where? what movie did uh, Jerry Orbach say, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong? Because I'm oh, saying it to you your now. That's Dirty Dancing. That's my Dirty Oh, it's mine now. Yeah. See? I've claimed yeah, it. Yeah, you're Dirty cr- Dancing. And they, they're making a TV movie about that comes out like today or something, a remake of it. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Handsome Top Gun, you loved it over in the UK. Oh, I loved it. I watched it last week. I'm, I would say I'm probably, I'm definitely into the sort of 40s or 50s of watching Top Gun. Whoa. That number of time. I, yeah. I love Is that, that your movie. number I've one loved- most viewed movie? Mm, actually, I think it's just behind Groundhog Day, which I've watched <laughs> unironically many times to, in order to make it feel like Groundhog Day. But no, Top Gun, I love. Val Kilmer. To me, aged eight or nine, when I first saw Top Gun, I fell in love instantly with Val Kilmer, the the real hero. That he's movie. the Iceman. He's the Why? Iceman. Hasn't History. aged as well. Can I? Wow. Well, hasn't aged as well. You're right. But, know, but another, he's another. actually in two of my favorite movies because I think Tombstone is probably is up there. As oh, is he? And he great. steals. He, he steals that movie. As I kind of well. wish like he would have disappeared so we don't have to see like. The, yeah, yeah. You're like, is that still Val Kilmer? What a uh, top secret is also an yep. underrated comedy that he yeah, was in, and talk about underrated. He was an underrated Batman. If you want more movie he talk, he was the go, best Batman. Go, you know what? I, I absolutely will hear that. And you know, uh, if you want more movie talk, go back and listen to last uh, Tuesday show with Bald Brian and Handsome and myself. We really dug in on a lot of movies, got a lot of feedback on that. We appreciate that. Um, but uh, what Val Kilmer? Iceman was the hero in that movie. Yeah. He was the responsible pilot. That's all he was, but he was cast as some sort of villain. He's a bad guy. Right. And he, the, well, because he, 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 he avoids, he, he, he's responsible up in a multi-million dollar uh, uh, instrument created by the U.S. government. He protects himself and his volleyball playing pal. That's wrong in this world. In this, well, Mavericks, the hero, blowing up planes on a, a willy nilly, bothering people in the control tower. That's a funny bit they're, to scare people. But their call signs tell you everything you need to know. Maverick was a maverick, and he was a maverick so much so that he killed his his partner in crime, Goose. And uh, an Iceman just was an Iceman at all times. He did what was, you know, what the manual said. Maverick just has blood on his hands. Else. He has Goose's right. blood on his hands, right. and we're supposed to we're supposed to cheer for him and and denounce the Iceman. The, at the end of the movie, Maverick says to Kilmer, um, "You can be BS, my wingman. You anytime. can be my wingman." Look, he's like, "I don't want to be your wingman. I'll probably die." Yeah, what? Well, there's no there's no good that comes out of that, right? Anyway, I'm glad we I'm glad we. I love that you're we're talking about the agreeing. Rule. We're taking the rule. We're all agreeing, and you're like, <laughs> overtime. Cynthia has gone from 15 Ugh. minutes to 10 minutes. How does this strike you? I think we're gonna have a lot more overtime games. 
What do you mean? Like I th- or that and oh tie. Sorry. I'm going to say somehow that will that will let's get there. Like, let's do that. I want that. <laughs> 10 Sorry, minutes. That's fine. I missed the kick. We want I'm, OT. <laughs> <laughs> no, I so caught up in your one man argument that no, I think we'll have a lot more games that end in a tie. And I think that's kind of annoying for strength of schedule and, and those kind of purposes and going to the playoffs. And then you're going to have teams with like, oh, they tied two games. They have two games that ended in a tie, blah, 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 like all this stuff. Handsome. I don't, I don't think it, I just don't think games will end in a tie any more than they did. I, I think they will. I think there will be maybe an like, extra couple started, of times. How many were there? There were two last season. Two yeah, ties, but you right? Gotta, you got to see when the ties have happened over like the past 15 years. Like when when do they – How like I, I haven't finished running, I haven't finished looking into it yet, but I think if you look to see like when games are won, then then you change. Like if you only have 10 minutes, then you change your game plan in the last five minutes. You're seeing a different kind of – do you know right. what I mean? Like, so to me, it's like oh, I think we're going to see more tie games, and I think it's going to be real annoying. It's just going to give fans of teams who have tied being like, oh, yeah, well, they tied too. And blah, 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 I, you know what, though? I, I – First of all, as a hockey diehard from way back, well before there were hockey, there were overtime shootouts and everything. I like it. A tie has never bothered me. I maybe I just because I grew up with it. And in fact, so, handsome, yeah, but, I would expect you would be used. People to get like, very upset in hockey, about ties. You get ties. like five times more games. So like what? Like in football, you're only getting sixteen games. You know what I mean? So if you're ending in a tie, it's uh, satisfying. I, I okay, that's a good point. But uh, what I don't agree with though is that it's going to screw up the playoff implications. Uh, in I fact, think. what I think it's going to do is the exact opposite. It's going to clean it up. How often in the se- – and by, by the way, I've always enjoyed the process of sort of doing that math, like the, the tie-breaking math, like in weeks 15, 16. My team's right there. They're, 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 uh, they're, Everybody likes that math. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're 8-5, yeah, they're and five, but if they win this, but then that other team better lose to that team because then that, would, that kind of stuff's fun. But I think this is going to clean it up. Those ties make it clean to see – who, it, assuming uh, the other teams in your division, yeah, right. You you understand what I'm getting at, right? Uh, because I understand what you're saying. If you I'm have that, if I'll, right, I'm if you're ten five and you. one versus ten and six, that now eliminates any tiebreaker. Yeah, except for if now that you have teams that are like ten five and one, ten five and one, ten five and one, ten five and one, or you got what? you know like if there are that many ties, how I mean, many how many ties, ties are there going to be? That would just be every two. team's going to tie. I thought you were about to say yeah, but what if you're ten two and four? Like I mean, there's not going to be that many ties. No, but even doubling the number of ties could, could like it just. I'm going to look into it. I don't want to. I don't want to tell you anything. Well, in maybe fact, you should bring us size it for us another time. Uh, no, yeah, I'm like I can't no, do no, it. Right no, now, <laughs> Cynthia, synthesize it for us. Let's bring it to. Well, we're she, 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 she's helpless without her fancy yeah, no. calculator. <laughs> right, you know, exactly. you understand? God and forbid, the visor. God There's forbid, no visor, no calculator. She's, God forbid I actually use real numbers. I, I was just getting yeah. angry and yelling. Fingers, If you yell, you're right. Did you know that? Yeah, that's right. You know what? That doesn't make. Me. We're convinced. No, you have your methodology. I have mine. <laughs> it's my gut and my heart, and they've served me well. Now. What gut? That gut's going away. Getting too skinny. Don't patronize me. Don't you patronize me. <laughs> um, Come on, player. Emma VP. <laughs> that brings me to uh, today's Me Undies uh, over oh, Undies. I love, over undies. I love Undies. Well, Me Undies. Are, are you, have you worn your pair? Yeah, of course. What? You got soft. a pair of Me Undies? Yeah. <gasps> Where are Me my me I have two pairs. If you want, I'll bring one in. I wash the, I wash both of them fairly regularly. I'll put in a request for you, Cynthia. You know what? I'm gonna be really sad if you and I wear the same size underwear. Because that I'm, would just I mean be I'm sad just trying to me. share. Like that was one of the first things I was taught. Share. That is, that right, is here are me undies. That is an implied insult, handsome. To <laughs> offer your lady my, 
Hey, you can have my underpants. <laughs> just wear them. Same thing. They're, my, they're micromodal. They 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 fit to form. Look how he just works in all the she all the essentials. You. <laughs> <laughs> they come in an ever changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, adventurous patterns. Mm-hmm. I have some with pandas on them. Me they're too. Very yeah, nice. I got the same ones. Yeah, I got those. Twenty percent off yeah. your first pair if you uh, if you go for a subscription, monthly subscription. Me undies. You just use the special. Uh, URL meundies.com slash NFL 2017. Um, again, meundies.com slash NFL 2017 is how you get those. Over undies of the day. What is it, Emma VP? Let's do over undies. How many ties will be in the 2017 season? Well, how well? Well, we don't know. I thought you were going to give us a number. Like, what's the most? Uh, last we year, there the were two. The over-under is two because last year there was two ties. There was two ties in 1997 and two ties in 1986. That's the most in history? Yes. Right. Since two the over- ties. We can afford another tie. We can Since afford another tie. Since the overtime rules in 1974. We're going, we're going over and we're going to have three. I mean, like, what? Big deal. What? I think four. Four. Freeland floats four as her game. 256 games. Four is like a very small percentage. Well, I don't Tell think us the exactly people. How many? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if that math would work. It, it would, uh, of course, I don't have the calculator. But I don't have my calculator out either. Do you want me to work Mental it out? Math. I've got to. No, I, but the people who have uh, immediately begun uh, floating, like, well, m- the overtime games, the percentage of overtime games won in those final five minutes was blank. It's like, well, no, no, no. teams are going to play differently. You, that's right, the no, answer. That, to but that. that's my point: is that you're going to ha- you have to kind of back it up from from the you go for like the game plan from the last. Like minutes pulled in. Eh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out later. another time. <laughs> no, no, we'll synthesize it later with some real. Because yeah. I don't want to like use hypotheticals. The me. other one, I'm not going to go into the full on uh, explanation. Using all the hypotheticals. Today. But the other thing There's that I have said, why don't they just put a dumb bar across the top of the goalposts? This would eliminate the framers of football. Never anticipated guys making 57-yard field goals with, and not just making them, but making them with a relative amount of consistency. If you put a bar on the top, you would not lose the 57-yarders because the trajectory would be so low. You wouldn't. Correct. But now the kicking game is much more difficult for these professional kickers. For these 32 guys why? on the why? face. Why? Why? I mean, what? Because I, I'm tired of the guesswork. Did that go over the crossbar or not? I can never tell. You're right. I watching Wait. it on TV. I'm like, meh. Was, over the no. crossbar or over I mean, the, the Yeah, no, over the, the bar, whatever. Yeah, the, the uprights. So the uprights. Uprights. But but Billy Cundiff, Rich Carlos, all those. Right. Then they go through the box. Extended. Now there's no guesswork. It went through. There there it goes. But they so they made the like post higher. Well, what's good about like what that. so what's a 30-yard field goal is a gimme. Now you want it now it's going to be more difficult. Now you got to be a little more accurate. You can't just kick it as hard as you can and as high they, as you but can. But it's not about but the reason that they they're kicking it as high as they can is because there are people in front of them trying to block it. And the bottom line That's would be the end result point. would be is is easy points aren't so easy anymore. Would that be a bad I, thing? I, I'm not I'm not sure what problem kickers, you're trying to solve. Here. Would kickers get less gruff from all of us? Yeah. Okay. And I think like, they would thank us for it. All right, let's move on. Is that enough, Emma VP? We really dug in on the Emma VP hates today's show. Why? I mean, what kind of show is this that we're on right now? I do not hate t- today's show at all. I don't know where you got that. That's Cliff Averill just talking there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Good call. Um, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed Cliff Averill. Yeah, Averill. All right. he uh, He's not on the Ravens, nor is he on the Browns, but that's who we're going to talk about now. Let's start it off with them bald birdies in our newest edition of... 
half empty, half full. It's time to evaluate the Baltimore Ravens, free agency, the draft, and otherwise. In the books, things will be shaken up between now and the start of the season, but I think we have a pretty good snapshot. We can start to address this team. The standard loosely applied here is, will this team finish better than it did last year within its own division? But you can play fast and loose with that, like I say. Just tell me if you think they're going to be better or worse than they were one season ago. Cynthia, I'll start with you. I think they're going to be better than they were a season ago. Um, they're, I'm, I'm definitely not certain about – I mean, look, when you have a quarterback, your life is a lot easier. I'm not going to – this whole Flacco elite business is not for me. But my thing is if you have a quarterback, everything flows from there. It seems like they're addressing a lot of needs. I think their defense probably got better. So, oh, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. I think their defense is going to be, nice be terrific. You know who I'm talking to here, Mr. I don't know. Yeah. Listen, I, I, it's not like I am right. blind. Uh, that I respect the the Ravens and what they do perennially, and what uh, what kind of. Um, I really like Ravens. What kind of ta- job of drafting? Ravens. I think Ozzie Newsome yeah. is uh, you know in the conversation at least for the most consistently solid drafter in in pro football. Um, is the guy who spearheads all that. Yeah, and shout out to uh, the NFL research gang who put together some great notes yeah, for us on all that. Um, but their the, defense is going to get – if you have a quarterback in the defense, you're usually in pretty good shape. That's true. Yeah. They haven't, the, the question quarterback is – The doesn't score that many points. That, yeah. Their quarterback drives an offense that doesn't – that just it like has a hard time getting more than 21 points. I feel like, as we've discussed here in broad strokes, there are two ways to go. If there is, um, and I, I guess the AFC North can't be defined as as having a single division bully in it. Like uh, the NFC North has the Packers always in contention, the Steelers and Ravens, and you got to kind of put the Bengals in there that the, over the last half dozen years or so, they've been pretty consistently in the mix for, uh, for the division title as well. But the point still stands that if all the teams follow the same model, you can either continue to feed into that model and same philosophy of, yeah. of how you want to be. How, I, I don't think there's a division that gets more of that sort of uh, pseudo cliche of uh, like, oh, this QB's good for team uh, blank in the AFC North because his passes will cut through the December. That's, you that's, hear that all that, the time. That's like copy and paste. Right. That that suits this uh, the right. Rust Belt or whatever. People like uh, to float that. So you can either continue to ki- you can either try to keep up with the Joneses or you zig when the rest of the division is zagging. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, that's exactly what the Ravens have just done now. That, you know, Steve Smith goes away and they're strong at tight end if everybody's in good health. And I think Brashard Perryman maybe, you know, there were signs in the second half of last season that he's ready to to have his breakout a little bit delayed. And they got uh, an interesting little committee there running back so on and so forth but I do think handsome to your point in a division that now features the collect uh, the collection of weapons that the Bengals now have in their passing game yep. and the collection of weapons that the Steelers have yep. I just don't know are they going to be able to scratch out no. enough points to to keep up with those two Joneses I I I'm curious to see how it all shakes out they have the most favorable schedule like I when I went back and started to more so than Pittsburgh do. or Cincy it, so I start. We 
I'm working with a research team. We're going to do it. I'm just, I don't want to like tell our secret before it, but we're coming up with, we're trying to kind of do a, a version of power rankings and strength of schedule that we want to be kind of interactive with all season long. So we've started to take some pre preliminary cuts to see like, all right, strength of schedule in the past is crap because it's wins and losses and that's it. And that's, there's no contextualization yeah, of it. Based on a previous season. Right. That so, was... and that's, so we, we right. kind of adjusted for new personnel. We adjusted for, um, mm. you know, like, uh, turnover differential of last year and then how that relates to now we adjusted for things like we're trying to figure out the right weightings for like how much how important is this quarterback versus that quarter so we're trying to kind of do it and and actually the the ravens have been in a pretty good spot because they're in situations in their schedule next year favors a team that has a better defense than one that has a better offense so hmm. that's really just kind of what so far that's what i don't even tell our secret yet but yeah. we're, we're coming out with it I, have, I bought them pizza i like bribed the whole research team hmm. it's great that's good, and they. Play, I mean, both. We're about to talk about the Browns as well, but they play play the NFC North, which is interesting because yep. that's all. You know, that's going to be tricky for 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 the teams in the AFC North to go and play against those guys. I mean, well, both ways. But those are interesting games. And I Danny think. Woodhead does pro provi uh, provide like a you know pass catching mm -hmm. upside running back, so it's not like he's just like a regular committee guy. Yeah, uh, but they, you know, they get rid of among the guys. I think uh, one of their bigger losses is Timmy Jernigan. I didn't understand uh, uh, moving on from him. Doomerville gone now. Sharice Wright moves on, but they replenish the secondary, probably better in the secondary at this point with uh, Brandon yeah, really Carr. I, I, I like that nice big physical corner. I know he's not dominant, but I, I actually was hoping. Marlon uh, that, Humphrey? That my no, I'm talking about Brandon Carr oh, as a free yeah, agent. Yeah. I wish yep. the Steelers uh, would have gone out and gotten him because right. that's the kind of player they want, and that's what makes that rivalry so great. Back to my point of five minutes ago about keeping up with the Joneses. The Steelers and Ravens are very similar to one another in the way they try to construct their team. So that is, they, they really do seek the same ball players, literally, um, not just in broad strokes. Marlon Humphrey, the Steelers had their eye on and may well I, have drafted. I loved him. I, I, I loved Marlon Humphrey. He said he was going to be the best. Yeah. Defensive player in this draft. Yeah, I, I liked Tim Williams too. I, I mean, their linebackers next year are nasty. I'm looking at them right now. Like that's a really great class. Of, I mean, uh, but the bottom line is Flacco. I, does Jay Cutler with Jay Cutler hanging it up? Does uh, Joe Flacco become the guy who now people continue this deep into his career? Stop it. What he's got a ring. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, but the point is that people continue to talk about uh, Joe Flacco waiting Hasn't for a quite breakout. Fulfilled his yeah, he's, he's about to break out. Like, what's that, what year is this for Flacco already? He is we've seen Joe Flacco. He's not suddenly going to right. be a different player. Right. Well, I he think, was for he was he was a different player for one magical month. Right. About uh, six years ago. Even. I think an interesting question will be whether if so, John Harbaugh is in the last four seasons thirty-one and thirty-three, or thirty-two and thirty-four if you if you include playoffs. If they go, if they if they're about eight and eight or somewhere around there, is this the year that suddenly? Because there's never really been any heat on him over the last four seasons, because he's basking in the glow of that ring as well. Is there a chance that Harbaugh is under pressure if that happens again? Well, it all. I I, I would say no to that. I think the Ravens uh, fancy themselves as one of, one of these very stable. Stay, exactly. You know, they'll follow the Steelers yep. Giants model. We're not. We're not just kicking. A I have like a quick Dean P story. The defensive coordinator. Let's Ooh. go. I like stories so, about Dean Pease. He used when I was in Okemos where I grew up. Dean Pease was at Michigan State working for Nick Saban. That has to be a tough name to grow up with. Dean Pease. Pease. Yeah. Mm. Well, he's like. A... Hey, Dean. I mean, imagine the third graders. They must have eviscerated. <laughs> hey, the Dave. Poor what's guy. the difference between roast beef and pea soup? What? I can roast beef. 
Oh, got it. That's like, a Dean Pease joke. Got it. See? Got it. That's anyway, the kind of stuff he was. That's the kind of stuff I can come up with at any moment. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Tell that one to Pease next time you see yeah. it. Go ahead with your tail. All so, right. Carry so, on. I'll be quick. So I played volleyball. <laughs> when does volleyball Tom Cruise coach? come in? Soon. But volleyball coach Melody Pease's wife. So I stayed close with their daughters, okay. Taryn and Taryn and Ellie. I went to Ellie's wedding and of all people in the entire world to piano serenade his daughter, Ellie, who was getting married, um, Dean Pease. He played us mm. a, a solo piano and sang. it was the most, and almost everyone in the room was like, <gasps> Because like, at the time, the he piano. was working for Belichick. Right. So wow. he was like this big badass, right? And you're like, oh my goodness. And he's kind of like, like stoic and like doesn't say much. And yet he serenaded Ellie. It was very That reminds me. I want, I'm waiting for uh, Cindy Freeland to bring her bring in, little keyboard in here and delight us in I don't serenade, but I do oh, yeah. like, well, I don't like do like, you know, nice <coughs> songs. It's more like old school rap. Well, sad the, songs. Well, the, oh. the other thing that we really have to get on before the start of the season, it's been floated once again by uh, by a member of the a citizen of the Czech Republic. We have to, for the teams that don't have fight songs, and they don't have to be clad, they don't have to sound like something from the 19th like century. Downs. Nor do they have to, well, they could, or they could sound like San Diego Superchargers, mm-hmm. but whatever, like whatever, whatever range. Which doesn't you, exist anymore. Right, but I mean, I think it's we have to, I think, I, we really, MOVP, let's get working with the one-man house band, uh, Dick Banks, and make that so. So bottom line, the offense, I think they stay, you know, uh, uh, Freeland, or how do you, expect this offensive line it was not a position of strength last year that's a bad uh, spot in a division that you figure that um, they're gonna have to be able to grind you on the ground to keep the ball away from the Steelers and Bengals offenses this year so I don't know I like this stat where it says like 26 of 32 have been decided by eight points or fewer that means that if they get even a marginal improvement in their O-line that could potentially make a big difference because it's not coming from their defense needing to be shored up right it's coming from a little bit more production being needed on their offense so to me I think that just means there's a room for even this much improvement will give them the opportunity those are close games those are the you know all but six are close. Final verdict. Better, better than better than 2016, the Baltimore Ravens. Where do they finish within the AFC North? Good chance for a wild card, not first. Not first. Nope. Hard to not give it to the Steelers, even though I'm not pandering to you. A lot of people are, a lot of people are in love with this Bengals team. They feel like not... they have uh, overwhelming firepower. Okay, but there's some major like, – when does Andy Dalton win a – Believe me, you know, preaching to the choir. When, when people tell me, oh, Bucky Brooks, our pal, told me, oh, you better be scared of that Bengals team. I said, it's Andy Dalton versus Ben Roethlisberger. I think that's a key detail on the respective offenses, too. I'll take seven. Seven is greater than 14. Handsome. Better or worse than last year? I think, Dave, they're going to finish with the same record, but they're going to be one position worse in the division. I think. Record. Eight and eight, third. Record. I'm going to say that they are second in the division once again. I think they beat out the Bengals. Mm. I, as good as the Bengals have a chance to be. The Bengals never put it together. Like I, and, they just, I, and I think they do have a lot of young pieces, but young pieces don't necessarily translate to first-year wins. Young pieces translate to wins in a couple of years, but not necessarily. Like you, They got rid of a lot of people. There's a lot of confusion and where, like running backs and whatever, like all of these different spots. So to me, you have to give it a few years for that gel to happen and that magic to happen. So I don't think it's going to be this year that we see them. Improve. There you have it. That's the story on the Baltimore Ravens 2017. So I guess we're calling their glass – like just a half. just a like a, a a syringe full like an eyedropper extra full yeah just a little bit extra full hey Dave one quick aside on the yes. Ravens they drafted in the sixth round Virginia Tech safety Chuck Clark the name Chuck Clark is a NFL player's name that could be in any decade 
in NFL Chuck history. Clark? Chuck Clark is just a great name. Like, you could Clark. be a player in the 60s, the 70s, Chuck the Clark. 80s, the yeah. 90s. Chuck, Chuck Clark is just an NFL player's name from every decade. I like that. Yeah, you're yeah. right about that. Yeah, that's good. Um, next up, let's tackle the Cleveland Browns. Glass half empty, glass half full. Here we sit. Same story goes for them as it does everybody else. Free agency, draft in the books, some quarterback questions and so on. Hugh Jackson going into his sophomore year there as the head man. Handsome, glass half empty, glass half full. I mean, by other team standards, the glass is half empty, but by the rules of this game, will they be better than they were last one year? Yes they will but will they finish anything other than in the basement of their division no i think they if things really go sideways do, but i but i don't think they're going to be i mean maybe they're 4 and 12 which would be a significant improvement that's the volatility of the construction of the bengal's roster is that they are they have a talent wise they certainly could be uh, as good as anybody but yeah I, you know listen it's it's not hayton people like to accuse me of hayton you have Vontez Perfect and Pac-Man Jones, and then you start bringing in other guys. Who's a, who's Joe Mixon exactly? I don't know what Joe Mixon's going to be. Is he, is he put well, all his stuff behind committee. him? He's who's part he? of a committee too, right? Like even if he's, you know, like who is Rex Burkhead gone? Like what's going on, you know? Yeah. Cynthia, how say you on the uh, on the way this team looks in the here and now? I think we're going to see a significant improvement from their defense. I think that I, I really like how Greg Williams is able to shape players, and he got some mm-hmm. really good people to shape. Um, they did a great job of not overvaluing. Like, look, the quarterback is the most, by volume, the most the, the, the person who touches the ball the most, and there are a lot of questions at that position. I'm not sure Deshaun Kaiser ready. I, that's not for me to decide, but what is for me to say is judging – um, Greg Williams' past and ability to coach and the pieces that they put together and, you know, in between free agency. And, and also, it's interesting that they reset the guard market. Like, that's an interesting piece that it, as well. Like, we don't understand how valuable Zeitler is from Cincinnati coming into the Browns. It's very hard to judge how good a, a guard is. But if they see, see him fit for resetting the guard market, maybe that's something I'm underestimating too. But I see a significant improvement with their defense. And their offense, I have a lot of question marks about. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the takeaway from the draft that everybody was singing about, uh, uh, you know, a month ago was that they they did the right thing finally, and we praised them at the time for it. They didn't get seduced as they have been so many other times in their history by need the quarterback. We got to reach to get that guy. They got the three best players available, it seems, or it, it, you know, I think the. Um, the 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 insider's perspective is is that they got guys who are arguably the best player in that slot each time you know regardless of position miles garrett if you watch college football if you watched him play in the sec he certainly looks to be the real deal he's not von miller no he's, he's not von miller he, but he's, he's he, you know he's more muscular kind of uh, player he's not he doesn't do it with his quicks as much but he's but he's i think he's going to be a dominant player i like peppers i like deshaun kaiser i don't know that Co- cody kessler isn't going to hold on onto the gig in the short term, but I really like uh, Kaiser's potential too. I don't understand why he slipped so far to begin with. I think it's because people don't understand. Like, look, you have to have a vision for how you're going to use a player and the, uh, the ability to coach them in the way that you see fit. And not every coach is a quarterback guru. Not every coach can turn in the raw assets into something that they want to see, especially once they're like, well, I don't know if I have the wide receiver for him or the, I don't know who my people, like it, it has to be a matter of fit. So the reason that Andy Reid went up to get Patrick Mahomes is because he saw that. 
And that was his belief. It wasn't because, you know, it's not necessarily for you or I to be like, well, this fit from the outside. That's what he believed. No, no, outside. that is exactly my, that's my <laughs> role. To, what do you mean? It's not for me to say. It is exactly for me to say. Correct. Loudly. Over- I don't understand. All of a sudden I'm being attacked. I'm a VP. I think you have to have uh, some, uh, maybe send a strongly worded email to Cynthia Freeland maybe. after the show. I think isn't that you, you do. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that what you Perhaps do? Perhaps you should do that again. Oh, maybe yeah. less of the nudity chat, though. Yeah, that was too much, Dave. That's too much. Well, I mean, I said some things in an email that were for Emma VP tweeted it out. Go find her Emma Sourwine on uh, on Twitter. I, I, you know, I, I tackled it like a man. You know, Emma eight one nine three. Oh, eight one nine three. Why is that? What? That's not when you were born, was it? It is August not nineteen ninety three. Outrageous! Man. Outrageous! That is outrageous. Disgusting! Disgusting! I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> oh, I forgot about also. I also forgot about Brock Osweiler. I know. Well, that's what I was going to say. Over undies. <laughs> no, that's smart. Over undies. How many quarterbacks? Oh, it was. I know. How many quarterbacks start for the for the Browns this year? Over zero. Un- over undies. Zero. 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 Why would you? Why would if you're the Browns? What uh, unless you're no, really? Not, not sorry. Not Brock Osweiler. How many quarterbacks start? Oh, for the Browns this three. year. Two. Kessler I, and I would Kaiser. say three. I think there's going to be a sneaky third one in there somewhere. I think Osweiler will get get a game. I think Osweiler isn't on the team by uh, oh, I don't either, but week I one. I think someone else is going to have to like some someone's going to get hurt. Something like there, we'll see three. Last thing on these Browns, and it, that, listen, they do they did seem to make the sober picks in the first round at least. We'll see if Kaiser works out. They're not married to him as a second round pick, but between Kessler and Kaiser, they have a chance at least. And don't forget about Corey Coleman coming back. The question I have specifically is. What was I uh, now? A couple months later, why let Ken, why bring in Kenny Britt and then let Terrell Pryor go? Why not just keep Pryor? Any thoughts? It was a weird move, wasn't it's it? It's a weird move, especially when they had so much cap room. It doesn't make any sense. Sometimes weird moves are inspired by fit. So if they didn't believe in the locker room, he, I don't know. This is this is totally just based on other situations I've heard of. If if they didn't think he was fitting what they like if he you know wasn't coming to practice the time they wanted him to or what what we things we don't even know if the fit didn't work then then you know if, if that's not going to work for your locker room then that's the decision you make all right it is your place it's our place to say how we think these browns are going to do in 2017 handsome glass half empty glass half full as i said at the beginning i know i'm just by wrapping your, it up here by your to be rules the, the the glass is half empty by the rest of the league it'll be right they're not half going empty. to i mean half full by your rules they do have a they do have a little chance to to move up in the division you know they a they, little chance they do they I are, think I mean, 5 10 and 1 or yeah <laughs> i love those ties <laughs> No, you don't love them, but you're so annoyed by them that right. they're going to throw up barriers. And you it. know who they're going to tie? They play the Lions this year. So I'm, I'm calling it right now. They're going to tie ah, Lions, the Rust Bowl. Lions, Browns. Lions, Browns, Rust Bowl. Highly attended game of the entire season. Yeah, I bet you it will be uh, literally true. In fact, right? A lot of Brownies <laughs> fans will make the trip there. What's happening? What? What's oh, happening? Oh, yeah, guys. It's time again for another surprise game show. I like these. Today's topic, in honor of Sir Roger Moore, Mm. how many NFL players can you name who had the last name Moore? Okay. (laughs) Cynthia, I'm a gentleman. You start for Kellen Moore, the only lefty currently on on a roster. Is that true? The only lefty? Is that right? It is. That's sad. I don't care for that. As a lefty, I'm offended. Handsome. Uh, Herman Moore, the greatest of all Moors. Damn, I knew that one. 
<laughs> Rob Moore, a tremendously uh, gifted wide receiver. Uh, uh, uh. There's a Moore that played in uh, for the Saints. What was his first name? Lance? Lance, what is that? Help me. <sighs> that was lucky. Matt Moore, who started a playoff game for the Miami Shoot, Dolphins. I did know that one, too. Very nice. <laughs> I'm going to say this one, and I'm not going to hear any buzzers about it. I didn't even say it yet. <laughs> Emery Moorehead. No. Why? It's right in his name. Let's go to the judges. Judges say. Why not? What's wrong with Emery Moorehead? It's right there. Moore. M-O-O-R-E. We're going for just more by itself. Wasn't Roger Moorhead? Gonna have to find more work after this show. <laughs> MVP laughs at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. Trying to hold on to her own job. All right, now. go again then, check. All right, all right, more. Why did wait? Why did he get let it go? Ooh. What's happening? Because I was. I, I, why would I get ooh, buzzed? I think I might have one. Why would I be eliminated for that? Oh, I got one. No, don't you dare steal mine. Demontre Moore. Moelle de Moore? Oh, that was mine! <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, we had a teacher at my school who was our English teacher, and his name was Mark Moore. And we, when he corrected our work, we would say, please, can we have one Mark Moore? <laughs> and it really annoyed him because we would say... English humor! Um... I, I mean, Moelle de Moore was the last Moore I had. <laughs> but I'm going to go Moore. with... Uh, Richard Moore. Rick Moore, they used to call him. <laughs> Rick Morehouse? Come on, tell Did me Did you what say Ricky moved. Moore? Yeah, Ricky. Rick, Ricky. Yeah. That's ridiculous. What? It's a, it was highly likely that there was a Rick Moore in the NFL. Right. Well played. Yeah, you're right. You just played the percentages. Savvy. He lassoed the answer. I did. <laughs> Moore. the hell out of it. I'm going to go with... I should just do... Oh, yeah, David Moore. Yeah. He's a tight end. Dave Moore, tight end. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Mark Moore. <laughs> God what? damn it! That was my I... school teacher. He <laughs> never it. told me. That's well, why I said it. if um, Bartlett, the judge, had been quicker with the ding finger, you would have gotten Matt Moore. By the way, um, you missed my Rick Morehouse. Do you know who that is? What '80s movie is that from? Yeah, of course. What? Wait, Ricky. Rick Morehouse. <laughs> That's what I tried. Rick Moore. I was thinking Ricky from. Just uh, one of the guys. Come on, you have to know that movie. I'm ashamed. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know what my the thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is giving me time. Cindy yeah, Lauper, the 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 uh, romantic. Cindy Mancini. Yeah, can't but, buy me love. Right, but she, but then, but then uh, her romantic interest in that movie says he has tickets or loves to listen to Cindy Lauper. Bowser. That's always what's stuck in my head. <laughs> it's also part of the holy trinity of uh, bad guy movies by. Uh, by Johnny from Karate Kid. Oh yeah. What's his name? I can't think of his name. The the blonde guy. Oh, his name is He's Richard Cobra Zabka. Kai. Yeah, Billy Zabka, uh-huh. right. Billy. He's in that. He's in uh just one of the guys and he's the bad guy in his his toughest role is in um Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh yeah. He plays the bully of the diving team. How many nice. how many how many diving teams have a bully on it? <laughs> At least one. That one did. That one did. Right. John ahead. Johnny Moore. Yeah, I knew it. I'm of course you should have you should have mentioned Jim Moore. Any more? Any more Moores? <gasps> I do know another one. Damn it. Right. 
What the Miami the, Dolphins drafted I, a guy. I said Jim Moore. One of their biggest busts. <laughs> I'm rolling. Jim Moore? The, the Miami Dolphins drafted a guy. I think it was maybe Shula's last draft. He was a second-round pick, but he was the, their first pick in the draft. He played linebacker and never, ever played a game for the Miami uh, Dolphins. You didn't which was too bad. It's down to me and Freeland now. Go ahead. I just said uh, Jim Moore. Okay. Uh, Wait, that was that, that was that real? Correct. Ryan oh, I'm Moore? I'm so annoyed. Ryan. <laughs> Can I come back in for with Eddie Moore? Yep. Eddie Moore, Miami Dolphins, nineteen ninety, probably six. Eddie Moore. So um, check for the win. Frank. <laughs> Frank Moore. It's a good name as well. Well, Freeland's back. Shoot. Um. All right, I'm done with it. That, what we're going to call this a three-way yeah. tie. No one wins. Three-way loss. <laughs> the real winner, the listener. That game, <laughs> if that was a real game and you could do it every week, you could call it more or less. It's true. All right, let's bring it back let's next week. Let's bring it week. back let's next see how week. We do. <laughs> if we, and if we fail, then that says something that, uh, yeah. that indicts us, or our memories at least. But we just have to make up names that could exist now. Now let's move on to another nerdy endeavor. And, uh, well, before we're actually, we want, uh, we want Cindy there to synthesize something for us. Before we do, though, I want to pay off something that the uh, Czech Republic weighed in on. You don't, by chance, MOVP, uh, have the person who asked the question, do you? To me. So I'm watching hockey, as you may or may not know. I root for all teams Pittsburgh, and I'm, uh, as we record this, the Penguins are hoping to get to the final. And uh, Sidney Crosby, the best player in the world, wears number 87. Somebody floated to me on Twitter, who's the greater 87 in sport, Sidney Crosby or Gronk? I said Sidney Crosby by a whisker. He's the best player of his era versus the best to ever play his position, which is what Gronk is. And then somebody said, well, at least you got to say Gronk and Crosby are the best NHL-NFL duo you can come up with. Then I said, no, I don't think that's true. I can say Bobby Orr or Brett Favre. That's a better one, isn't it? And then that expanded to what is the best number? We've talked about what's the best number to wear, but what is actually now in 2017, what number, if you have to choose one guy from each of the four major sports, is in fact the best number in sports? You know what you know what I'm getting at. Seven would be Elway, Mickey Mantle, Phil Esposito, and Nate Archibald, probably Tiny Archibald, guy uh, for the Buffalo uh, Braves. He he's the only guy to ever lead the league in uh, in um, scoring and assists in the same NBA. Mm. Good bit of trivia there. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold on to that one. What number? Else, what what other? Numbers? I mean, seven to and that was without any any knowledge of that. Seven is just a good NFL number. Twelve is a good NFL I was number. Twelve, like a lot. I but I don't know how right it now. how it that's more likely to to transfer to other sports. John Stockton was twelve. So oh, was it uh, MVP right says Dalton Anderson was the uh, was the member of the Czech Republic. Thanks for floating this ah. question and starting a what was it a Saturday or Sunday tweet storm. Dicky Moore. 12, hockey. You like old. Dickie Moore. Dickie Moore. <laughs> Dickie you Moore. You could have had him. Dickie Kelly. What Dickie a name. Dickie Kelly. Dickie Moore. Ding. <laughs> Dickie Sorry. Moore, indeed. Um, that's what she said. Now, what uh, I'm trying to think. So the numbers that don't work so well are the higher numbers because you're not going to have very right. many NBA guys that wore high numbers. And there aren't that many guys in the NHL in history that wore numbers that go up over 48 or 44-ish. Right. Uh, usually you don't see that. Now. There are a couple of exceptions. 91 works because you have Sergei Fedorov, 
of uh, of the wheel of uh, Freeland's beloved wheel, Sergey. And you have Red- another ninety-one from uh, from Motor City, the uh, the worm. Dennis Rodman wore ninety-one for at least the Bulls, right? Like a minute. That's right. I wore it, so we're yeah. going to count it. I just don't know who the NFL ninety-one is. Reggie White. No, he was ninety-two. Oh, he was ninety-two. Yeah. Ke- uh, Kevin Green. No, Kevin Green. Kevin Green. Kevin Green was ninety-one. Yeah, he was. He wasn't was. He? Yeah. Okay, so that so then. Oh, there's not going to be a baseball 91, though. So that's out. 66, was there ever a, a baseball player of any note that wore that? Byung didn't uh, – what was his name? The um, the Dodgers and Red Sox pitcher. Not Byung Young Kim. Uh, I can't think of his name. Through uh, uh, Hideo Nomo. Didn't he wear 66? I feel like Hideo Nomo maybe did. Then you'd have Lemieux. Then you'd have Nitschke. And well, then I don't know if you have an NBA uh, 66. I don't know. This is a hard game to play. It's difficult. Weigh in. Let us know what you think. Hashtag DDFP, and we'll uh, we'll revisit this. I was looking in to see if there's like who 24 maybe Kobe. 24 would be a good one, right? I'm trying to think, because baseball. I think of baseball, and I think of Kobe. Bertie Federko wore 24 at least. Mm-hmm. St. Louis Blues legend. Yep. Uh, Ike Taylor or 24. Yeah. That would be a good one. As Charles, Charles Woodson. Thank you. Ken Griffey Jr., 24. Yep. Very strong. Very strong. So that was the other one. Nine would be good because you can go Gordy Howe. <clears throat> you can Howe. go Drew Brees. Yep. Go uh, Roger Maris. There's got to be a better nine in baseball lore. Um, and then, yeah, there's got to be a good nine in, in uh in NBA. All right. Instead of uh, instead of prattling about this, we can uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get our ducks in a Ted row. Ted Williams. Basically. Oh, Ted Williams. Mm-hmm. Ted Williams, of course. What was Stan Musial? Was he six or was Ugh. he nine? He was he was nine too, wasn't he? Let me just look this up for you. Puig, yeah, yeah. Yasiel. Yasiel Puig would be a 66. Okay, that's a good candidate there. Anywho, let us know your thoughts. Hashtag DDFP and let us know yeah, what is Yeah, this is a great, this is a fun game, though. I like, oh, you do like it. I thought you were bored yeah. over there, Freeman. No, I'm, I thought I'm you were looking, checking emails. No, I was looking up. Oh, I really Stan thought you Yusiel were. Yasiel was six. So, yeah, you're, you said Stan, he's six. I was looking that up for you. Okay, thank you. That's <laughs> a, I, I like that quite a bit. I, I do want to figure out three so you go Babe Ruth. There's not a great three QB though, right? Or that would be the only uh, NFL position would be a, th- mm. a QB. Yeah. Rick Meyer, Emma VP. Did you say that on the mic or why do you speak? Emma VP. I mean Russell, the reluctant Wilson. star. That's what she is. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Okay. All right. All right. Now we're cooking with another, gas. Another Seahawks number three. Uh, you know what? Thirty-three should be a good one too. You would think you got Larry Bird or Kareem. Kareem probably. Up over Bird. Hockey. I'm trying to Yeah. It's a really tough one. Zarly Zalabski. First <laughs> round draft pick up. of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Did you back. just make that up? Zarly Zalabski? Uh-huh. That's a real name. <laughs> he, he, was a, he was a key part of his greatest deed. As he was a good uh, offensive defenseman. Um, in his uh, back in his day, but his greatest contribution to the Pittsburgh Penguins was he was a part of the deal that to the Hartford Whalers that uh, brought back Ron Francis, the great uh, second line center for the Penguins. It really loaded them up with talent. They made it made them an overwhelming offensive uh, powerhouse. Yes, anything else, uh, Emma VP and uh, Bartlett uh, behind the glass? Yeah, we just pulled up 33s. We also got Patrick Ewing, Ooh. Sammy Baugh. 
Ah. Uh, oh, Tony Dorsett. What are we talking about? Tony Dorsett. Patrick Waugh. Patty Waugh, 33. Honus Wagner. Honus Wagner, 33 may be our winner. Add that to the list. Somebody behind the glass, please scratch these down so we don't uh, so so that we don't forget which ones are in contention. You got nine, thirty-three, twenty-four, sixty-six. Handsome. Do you think we should move on now? Are you bored? I just can't help you. Oh, all right. Nine. Also, by the way, I know you don't care about soccer, handsome, as uh, as an Englishman, um, but still, shouldn't you mention Pele? Really? Is that what number he was? Come on! I have no idea. Me Isn't that what Messi nine. and everybody? But you is? have to, you have to wear because Gordie you Howell. have to wear a number that's with your position, or at least you used to. Oh, is that right? I nine did. was more about the position you played than it was about uh, you choosing a number. That's how dumb I am about the sport of soccer. I think it's changed now. I, think I now said Gordy Howe. Okay. Drew Brees is our best nine, right? And then Ted Williams. I mean, I don't know how you're going to beat that. Wait, who's our basketball nine? That's the that's the that's the important one. I think I know. I, there's one that's coming to mind. Number nine in NBA. And then LeBron was six and 23. Shouldn't 23 have some? Uh... How about um, Tony uh, Tony Allen was a great Memphis Grizzlies player. <laughs> one number nine. Ronnie Brewer of the Jazz played, uh-huh. you know, played, you wore the number nine from 07 to 10 with okay. the Jazz. All right. So far, um, so good. I mean, you're all dang. You really know Luol you're NBA Deng handsome. Is British. And wore the number nine Barnes. successfully for four different teams. Let's synthesize something. Okay. How could nine be such a letdown in the NBA? It seems like they all wear single digits. Or, or right. you Del- know. Vadova, he wears nine. My goodness. In 2014. Shame on you. Andre Iguodala, I mean, okay. pulled it up for Deng. a long time. Well, Deng. I just tried Lol Deng. We did, but Iguodala over Deng. Right. Icky. Yeah, I like Iggy. Um, I can't did believe it. Finals MVP. So he's Tony Parker. Don't forget Tony him. Parker transcends both Tony those guys. Duckel. Thank you very much. I tell you what, Google can really help yeah, us. Yeah, Google's with this. fun with this game. <laughs> All right. Hit us up, Czech Republic. We're anxious to hear yeah, like your responses one. here before we uh, decide once and for all. We'll do win play show on that. Meantime, it is time for the one and only. There's no win place or there's no show or place there's after this. Win. There's only one winner. Her name is Cynthia Freeland, and it's time for her to synthesize it. Where's your hat? You have to have your hat. You have to have You can't hat. do I'm it if you don't have in, your visor. I'm not listening unless you have a hat on. Thank you. She's Emma VP. Oh, yeah, Emma VP. She's on camera. She exists. Boy, oh boy. Emma tweeting out that letter, the internal letter. It was a Steve Harvey-style letter right. sent out to the staff. It was for internal purposes, but a couple of people out there on social media were very, very upset. You're a jerk. One guy, really. One guy. You saw that one, MVP. One guy said, "Like I'm sharing this with everybody in the world. You're gonna yeah. get exposed." He was like, "That stays uh, within the studio walls." <laughs> in the studio walls. He said, "I'm sharing this with the world. Everybody's gonna find out what, what kind of guy you, you are. What kind of guy you." I used really- to like you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I met him, and I know he's a wimp or something like that. A what? Wimp. <laughs> wimp, you are a wimp. Oh, wow. wimp. That, that, that actually proved he did meet you. That's a really good word, though. I'd say only wimp. 75% of the people got it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> that's higher than I would think. That's that's a much oh, higher than percentage uh, than uh, people who get this show in general. Right. So. That's a good point. Um, all right, Cynthia Freeland, here it is. It's time for you to synthesize it. You have the green visor on. What is today's subject? 
You asked me two shows ago, oh, two Tuesdays ago, you asked me about Matthew Stafford. You asked me to contextualize it, to make the case for Matthew Stafford, I believe is how you termed it. I said, well, yeah, I said, as we sit here now, Mm -hmm. does Matt Stafford count as a really good NFL QB? The answer is unresoundingly yes. First of all. Unresoundingly. Yes. Or resoundingly, yes. Oh, okay. Can't talk today. <laughs> not speaking. Look, this is going to be a very nuanced yeah. synthesization. Right. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why English. he's just about. No, okay. a resounding yes. No, and actually, he has like a lot in common with someone that you like a lot. If he were to have a O line that could keep him upright a little bit more often. And when you say someone I like, you mean the quarterback seven. of the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. All right, that seems very like a also, very. I guess you have to add Matthew Stafford. What nine? He's nine, I guess. Yeah, but that oh, seems yeah, like probably. a very aggressive uh, comparison to make. Is but, it but a guy who's been to three Super Bowls and won two of them? Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, uh, but the, you have to remember he has to have the entire team around him, right? I've heard about. Don't don't do, give defense. me the business about and it's like a, a team not, sport, like, and also not like a you know historically horrible defense because that would be the Lions last year. All right, but how about they win a playoff game? And we're talking about a guy who's been to three Super Bowls versus a guy who's never won a postseason game. Okay, but if you were to put Matthew Stafford, if you were to put him on the Steelers team or past teams, I think he could perform pretty well. All right, listen, he's performed pretty right. well, and and by the way, I'm just playing cynic to you. I'm just yeah. uh, I, I'm just giving you the I'm being a devil's uh, advocate because I you know I do like Matt Stafford probably yeah. more than most people do. I feel like people think he's there are a lot of people who think he's just downright not a good quarterback, and I think they're that's ridiculous. Inaccurate. They're ridiculous. Okay, so just just something to know, like rule of thumb off the off the cuff, about eighty seven percent of snaps all quarterbacks take in the pocket. Now, you get guys like Matthew Stafford and like Ben Roethlisberger who take a lot more snaps out and don't stay in the pocket. But if you look at just – if you kind of like try to distill it down so you can compare more apples to apples, 87% in the pocket. And you go third down, it goes up to about 90% because that's a passing down, want to keep it in the pocket, whatever. And their completion percentage on average past – you know, looked at about 10 years' worth of data, 65% when you're passing in the pocket. That goes down on third down to like, you know, 56% something like that. However, Matthew Stafford, only 85.85% of passes in the pocket, 67% completion percentage. So he's taking fewer passes, more more accurate and outside of the pocket, he's actually gone up to about from about 30%, which is is not very great, to about 47% in the past 2 years. So he's getting better inside the pocket and outside. Are the they pocket. the Lions uh what percentage of that? I mean, I don't expect you to have a hard and fast number on this. Are they doing design rollouts right. to play to that strength or is it just broken down plays? And I, and but I think keep- even more than that, I've, and you've watched more Lions games than me probably, but every time I watch Matt Stafford, I feel like he often will leave the pocket when he doesn't necessarily need to. And then when he does leave the pocket, he tries to make a throw which is almost impossible off his back foot, side-arming it, where he actually has time to set up and make a proper throw. But his arm strength in the past, definitely during his college career and at points yep. during his NFL career, has allowed him to get by. And so he just relies on just his arm when he actually doesn't need to make some kind of one-legged well, sidearm throw that is incomplete. That's where his, that's, that's like where the co- it feels like his coaching has let him down at times. Well, I, I can't speak to that. I don't know. I don't know what yeah, you're yeah, supposed this. to be doing. But when you don't have a running back that you can rely on, like when Lev Bell isn't in your backfield, and when you're getting a stuff percentage that's almost double the league average, so stuff percentages anytime a running back or quarterback who's on their feet gets – and it's not a sack. You have to be running like outside the pocket. So when the quarterback then turns into a running back, it counts as a stuff at or behind the line of scrimmage. Lions' stuff percentage is about double the league average. So if the league average is around 10, Lions more like 18. 
So the, you're getting part of that is an, a, adapting to the fact that he doesn't have necessarily reliable running back to help him in that situation. Sure. So it's very hard. Like it's a little chicken and a little egg in that. So I just narr- that's why I tried to narrow it down to something that's more apples to apples. So third down in the pocket, you know, running down or uh, passing down. I can't speak today. That's my biggest problem. Um, so actually both he and, and Ben Roethlisberger took 121 pass attempts in the pocket last season and Matthew Stafford completed 77 and Ben only 73. Hmm. Just as a, when he doesn't have any. Well, if you're problem. making that comp to 2016, I think Matt yep. Stafford for a long stretch of the season and fell off towards him, but was a legit MVP candidate, kept right. pulling out, and, you know, I like those guys. I've said it a million times. I like the QBs. I will always skew towards the gunslinger, the moxie guy. You know, yep, like the guy. Yep. Well, when's Matt Stafford at his best? In the clutch. What more right. do you Fourth want from quarter, a QB? Well, and, and also, I'd like to point out, Stafford got sacked 13 times on third down and Ben only six times. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a contextualization of the stuff percentage and the sack percentage there. And one more thing, your deep ball, what you're talking about with the gunslingers, they both had about a 40% completion percentage on deep passes. So passes 21 plus, which is... Uh, I know that's going to sound not so good because you think, oh, 60, 60, 70% is where you think, but deep passes are going to, you're not going to complete deep passes as often. So mm-hmm. 40% is pretty good. You know, oh, yeah, guys, but it's, for sure. It's very good. And um, and Matthew Sauer actually had one interception on passes of this distance, none in 2015. So one in 2016 and none in 2015. Ben had three last year and six in 2015. I agree with you about the offensive line. The one thing I would say, and I've uh, you know, is is Roethlisberger played a good percentage of his career behind a not mediocre but atrocious offensive line, and in fact won a Super Bowl behind it. Well, but I mean, I Super Bowl forty three that really was a bum to, offensive line, and they won the Super Bowl. It's hard to compare. Like that's why you got That's why I kind of narrowed it to years they were both like playing, and then like Matthew Stafford's like they they came out in a different year. Like there's a few things to. It's hard to. It, there's really hard to get it apples to apples. But the point is, is it's very hard to. To me, Matthew Stafford's a top ten quarterback. Is he better he than? Seven. I think a good way to gauge it is to is to you know put the guys right on on either side of him. Mm-hmm. To me, I'd rather have Matt Stafford than Flacco. Heck yes. Yes. Well, the caveat to me as a Steelers fan is Flacco always shows up in Heinz Field. He always is nails there. So I'd say I'm scared of Flacco. But but that being said, yes, Stafford over the course week of to week. career. Week to week. Yeah, week to week, yes. everything else. Um, I'll take Stafford. What about Jake Cutler? I know Cutler's not doesn't count anymore, but. Uh, I mean, I think Stafford has proven that he has more consistent stats. Maybe Jay Cutler is more capable at certain times of making certain plays better. However, if you look at the consistency of the stats, Matthew Stafford, if you're normalized for the people around him, it, he's not played with a great cast of characters. I mean, hold on a second. Now, now I have to have hold your Johnson. feet to the fire. Give me the pen real quick. He here. did have Calvin Johnson. I know that. But if you don't have a tight end, that's very difficult. And I think that, you know, for a number of years, Ziggy hasn't or what's his name, um, help. I feel like, though, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, Eric Ebron is Ebron, very good. I, I like Eric Ebron, Eric, and he's Ziggy starting to good. finally emerge. But I he thought hasn't he was been gonna, who they thought he was. No, gonna. I thought he was going to be Vernon Davis. When you right. watched him play in college, right. you thought, oh, have you seen it? He looks exactly like uh, right. the old Niners tight end in the way he, uh, you know, the, physically the, yep. uh, they seemed identical. But wait a second. You said he's a top 10 QB. Let's make sure that that's oh, right. Maybe eight or eight. Tom Brady, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, Cam Big Ben. Mm, interesting. You're putting Cam three still. I didn't put him three. He's on the list. Because I was going to suggest Cam as a as a better or, or who would you rather have, Cam or the, Stafford? Cam. I'd rather have Cam. I don't want to get into the uh, to, uh, race baiting question again. No, but, but, no not you. But I, 
Oh, I'm like Cam Newton. Yeah. People who think Cam Newton is not great, what to what would you what would that be? Oh, that he's not great. I, How could you? He won the MVP. He I'm went 15 of, and one. What are you talking about? I am not one of those people. Let me be clear. Throwing passes right. to Philly Brown. That's who he was throwing to. And Ted Ginn Jr. For goodness sake. Keep going. I'm with you so far. All right, Big Ben. Luck. I'll put Russell Wilson. Can we put Luck on? Well, the, let's that put Ted? Ryan first. He's the reigning MVP. Okay. Now we'll put luck. I First thing I was like, Ryan? I was like, which Ryan are you talking about? I know. See? No, I uh, like, well, he should be. That's on what I was like, huh? Let's put him on as well. Breeze. No. <laughs> We're going to put Breeze. Okay. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep, that's fine. What about Dak? You don't know who Dak is yet. Yeah, I don't. I know. kind of agree. Okay. Um, I'd rather, if you had to take one this year, one year only, I think Matthew Stafford over Dak. That doesn't necessarily mean I don't think Dak will become more, but this is Dak's second season. He has a really tough schedule this year. What about the Red Rifle? Philip Rivers on there. Oh, Gosh. Phil Rivers. How could I have been defending him for the last uh, three weeks? So How many you got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's nine right there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it goes Tom, Brady, Rogers, Cam, Big Ben, Wilson, Matt Ryan, Andrew Not in order, Luck. just above. Yep. Right. Drew Brees, Phil Rivers. Those guys are all ahead of staff. I think so. So that would put uh, – if if that is correct, then uh, then that puts us right there. That puts them right there at 10, which then returns me. I like Matt Stafford, but it, he's one of the 10 best human beings at football. Throwing the football? I mean, the only other people I could. Throwing the football, yes. Being a quarterback, maybe, you know, that's, I don't know. that's the question. It's really hard, though, right? Like, because Kirk Cousins? I think he's better than Kirk Cousins. All right. And I, and ah. I, to mm-hmm. me, the. Derek Carr. Ah! That's, that was, that's a that's tough one. one. That's hard. That's a hard one. But, it, but it's still. Really? Like, you don't know if Derek Carr is better than Matt Stafford? I think Derek Carr has some advantages Matt Stafford never did. Anyone with that good of an O-line has a huge advantage. You stay upright, you're a lot more effective as a quarterback. <laughs> and your contention, the thing that's holding Stafford back has Stafford been for his whole like career is a bum O-line. Not just a bum. There's been a lot of – he's had – listen, we haven't been a very good team. Like, I'll say we because I'm not – You're allowed like, to I'm we allowed it. To, I'm allowed to we the Lions. I've been a fan since I was born. Right? You've been rooting for that team for your whole life. For Ugh. 24 years now, you've been rooting for Thank the Lions. Thank you. Dave <laughs> exactly. Wee's here the whole time. Right? Like, and you're, you came into a team the year after they lost every single freaking game. You had a series of years where your first-round draft pick was a wide receiver that did not pan out. Year, well, his most year, validating year, season year, is probably year, 2016. Year. year. But, Did it without uh, Calvin Johnson. Right. But you, I guess my point is is that you're – look at the cast of characters. You you can't always – like it's – and remember a couple years ago, I can't remember exactly which year, Matthew Stafford played like – he broke his collarbone like mid I love like, that hey. kind of guy. I love no, that. No, yeah. I'm just saying my point is, is like, he, you know, you're not – you don't get your collarbone broken and keep playing because they have like great other options, right? Like it's not a – it's not a – well, and by the way, team. 2014, they went into Dallas and beat the uh, Cowboys, and the referees decided otherwise. And that happened in on. Seattle, too. Yeah, they might have gone up to Seattle. Well, then they would have gone up to Seattle for the divisional round. Who knows what might have happened. No, but I mean, like, and then, I know. you know, regular season. I mean, I, again, that I don't think Matthew Stafford is – he doesn't get the credit he deserves. I think that if you – and also, like – if you look at Philip Rivers today versus Matthew Stafford today, I, I that's a, uh, uh, but you know? so bottom line, I I agree with you. I think in in an environment where everybody obsesses about the quality of QB and they use the elite word and uh, is this guy, I'm I'm with you. I and think you Matt Stafford is a legit guy who can win a Super Bowl. Things have gone against him. It's not it's not 
an Andy Dalton. He's never going to – he he just doesn't have what it takes to get it done in January. Things have just broken wrong for him. That, that's where I Well, sit. look, you know how we say, like, every year when quarterbacks get drafted really high, they're going to a team that's pretty terrible? Well, Matthew Stafford went to a team that was the terriblest. So the fact that he's become this good despite all of the poo around – like, that, that he's had to deal Whoa. with. Yeah. Clean it up. Strong words from Freeland. Out. No, but – Emma, you got not, you got Believe that it. Yeah. You know what? I'm with you, but the one thing I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> put the asterisk next to is that Dak might we don't know if he could jump and him. The other ones too, Tyrod Taylor. This is going to be a fascinating year, and and Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's going to have a. I think a, Ryan Tannehill's going to have a great year because he's got a really good set of tight ends that his coach trusts. I'm receivers and receivers and a great. Let me offensive just tell you line. that I think he's got some tight ends that he's gonna, <laughs> they're going to really trust. All right. Uh, Emma, we could keep going, but we Emma could. VP we, and Ryan Bartlett are bored behind the glass. That's what Emma just said. Oh, We're bored. bored. Can we leave? That's we not go? what I said. That's what, well, I might have to write another letter now. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Great times with uh, Handsome Hank, Cynthia Freeland. Great job synthesizing it for us. Handsome, great use of the Google. Thank you. Um, good job on the more game. You know what we should do? We should play out with... Not my theme, just the James Bond. Yes, I like that. Do, do that. Can do you that. Do that with it, but not with me over the top. Like Handsome. That. What is the best Bond movie? Best Roger Moore Bond movie. Hmm. Uh, is it the Spy Who Loved Me? That was. That's my um, first one. Yeah. Is it? Is that the one with Jaws? Oh no, I'm thinking of the one with um, Zoran Enterprises. Oh. Um. With uh. With what's his name? With Chris. Uh, Chris Walken. That's, That's the best I, one. I you to a kill. The, I enjoy that. A view to a kill. Grace Great Jones movie. is Grace his lover. Jones. Dolph Lundgren's in there. Dolph Lundgren. I didn't and remember Lundgren. Lundgren's I... in there, and um, and it also has Duran Duran's epic. Uh, um, With a view, view to, to a, a kill. Simon Laban. Yep. Yeah, and the and the and the crew. Were you a big uh, Duran Duran fan, Freeland? Of course you was. You weren't born yet. When they, I mean, when I I know who Duran Duran are. More U2 than Duran Duran. That's how I feel. That they're U2. Like the same. U2? <laughs> hey, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.